going on, family? Happy Tuesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Man, I got to tell you, I want to start in an apologetic space (laughs) because I have had all sorts of intention of getting us some more content in the last week. It's just been super busy, super crazy. But no worries, because I'm just I'm just going to tell you this now. There are some things that we're cooking up on the back end that you guys are going to you're just going to love. You're absolutely going to love. But in the meantime, thanks and shouts to everybody who hangs out with us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You guys are absolutely amazing. Big shouts also, of course, to those who are subscribed to the podcast, of course, on Apple, Spotify and on Google. If you're not following us in any of those spaces do that now at the faction show on all the socials and then of course subscribe to our podcast as well okay there's a lot to jump into a lot happened last week of course it was a big week for aew as aew uh, saw championships change hands they debuted on tbs for dynamite they had their first ever battle of the belts part of this new deal that took AEW Dynamite to TBS and will give quarterly specials similar to the Clash of the Champions on TNT, along with Rampage being on TNT. All of that is going on. But there's some interesting news that I want to take some time today to talk about. So it seemed as though 2020 and 2021 was the year of the Forbidden Door, right? The Forbidden Door into AEW that swung towards the NWA, that swung towards Impact, that swung on occasion to New Japan Pro Wrestling, We saw that. We've seen some interesting things. We saw, of course, the NWA Women's Championship defended on AEW television. We've seen AEW personnel involved in the NWA shows. Of course, Kenny Omega at one point was the Impact World Champion, as was Christian Cage. So we've seen a lot of this type of uh, working together. Of course, John Moxley as the New Japan US Champion, who would eventually lose that. But in the process, we'd see several members of the New Japan roster showing up on AEW. Of course, John Moxley would lose that title to Lance Archer, etc., etc., etc. But at no point had the Forbidden Door swung in the direction of WWE. That is until what happened this Friday on SmackDown. Now, before I get into that, I know there are people who have a lot to say about how WWE has been unveiling the women's side of the Rumble. They literally in one night gave us about 15 competitors, which is highly unusual. It's usually they kind of drip different folks in, and then the faucet, of course, opens at the Rumble, which leaves space for lots of surprises. And so while there still are some slots available for some surprises, we already know close to two thirds of the participants in the Women's Royal Rumble. And that's what everybody's talking about right now. The Women's Royal Rumble, particularly one entrant. Now, before I get to that entrant and the forbidden door and where that plays in, I do think it's interesting that we'll see the return of the Bellas. We'll see Michelle McCool. We'll see Lita. All of them really have been fixtures in all of the women's Royal Rumble matches, and it's probably why people aren't talking about them. What they are talking about is the current Impact Knockouts champion, Mickey 
James. You know, the same Mickey James who was unceremoniously fired from WWE in 2021. The same Mickey James whose belongings were reportedly put in a trash bag and sent to her. The same Mickey James who then would find herself in the NWA, giving the NWA its first all female pay per view titled Empower. The same Mickey James who made her way back to Impact Wrestling to become the Knockouts champion. Yeah, that Mickey James is going to be in the Royal Rumble. And after what happened at Impact's Hard to Kill this weekend, she is still the Knockouts champion, which means. Yes, the Impact Knockouts Championship will likely end up on WWE television at the Royal Rumble. So there's a lot of questions out there. First of all, what on earth does this mean for the working relationship between Impact and WWE? Well, there's a couple of things that we know. There has been a working relationship with Impact and WWE, and it's been primarily centered around their tape library. Of course, when you have guys like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, which we'll get to that in a second, and several others who spent quite a bit of time in Impact, Bobby Roode, etc., the bulk of their American work is there. So having access to that library allows WWE to incorporate that information and that footage and content into their storytelling for documentaries and the like. And we've seen that happen. We've even seen WWE in certain documentaries push people towards the Impact Plus streaming platform, which allows you to see the full library of what Impact has going on. So we've seen that. We've also seen an occasion, and some of us have forgotten this, where Christian Cage and Ric Flair were brought over to WWE during WrestleMania weekend for the Hall of Fame as a bit of a talent trade that Impact allowed for WWE. That was several years back. If you remember, it's when Ric Flair was inducted into the Hall of Fame with the Four Horsemen because, of course, his first induction was 2008 as a solo induction, but during his time with Impact is where he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. And of course, Christian made his move to be a part of the Hall of Fame induction ceremony when he inducted Edge back circa 2013, 2014, and he was very much still a part of Impact. So there's been that type of thing. There's also been the tumultuous piece, of course, when Matt Hardy and the Hardy Boys came over from Impact to WWE. There was the whole big scuttlebutt about could broken Matt Hardy show up? And there was kind of the battle between Impact, WWE, and Matt Hardy over the use of that particular trademark. With all of that said, at no point have we seen the working relationship between Impact and the WWE manifest itself in the way that it could at the Royal Rumble. So there's a couple of things that are possible. Number one, obviously, Mickey James showing up at the Royal Rumble with the Impact Knockouts Championship is massive. And some would say, why not save that for a surprise? Well, you certainly could get a bit of a rub by saving that for a surprise. But I think we're not talking about the Women's Royal Rumble right now. If, in fact, Mickey James isn't announced as cavalier and casually as she was. So there's that part. The other thing that happens is if you are an Impact 
player, right? If you are involved with Impact Wrestling and let's say you watch that product solely, you absolutely want to see what Mickey James could do over in WWE as the Impact Knockouts champion. There's that. Then there is the idea of what else does this mean for this forbidden door, a door that has never swung in the direction of WWE. Well, there are rumors that are out there and rumors are what they are, but the rumors that are out there right now are saying that indeed, perhaps the forbidden door will be swung open again in the direction of WWE on the men's side of the Royal Rumble. Could there be a star from AEW or Impact or New Japan or Ring of Honor showing up at the Men's Royal Rumble event. I don't know, but here's what I do know. I do know that the WWE has a bit of a challenge right now in filling up that massive stadium that they have booked in St. Louis. So there are a few things you need to do. You need to go ahead and get the first time ever match between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley to help fill that place up. Oh, by the way, and this is in less than four weeks, you're going to need a move like Mickey James returning with the Impact Knockouts Championship. And what other news might happen? Will they slip other surprises in to ensure that the buy rate goes up or the view rate goes up and to ensure that people pack out that amazing stadium in St. Louis. I don't know, but what I will say is this. It has created a wonderful first week of excitement for WWE that they haven't had in a long time. From taking the challenge of Roman Reigns having COVID and turning that into Brock Lesnar becoming WWE champion, to getting Lesnar and Lashley at the Rumble, to getting a tease of potentially Lesnar and Reigns in a title unification situation. I don't know which way all of this is going to go, but what it has done is it has left more questions than answers in the world of WWE. And as a result, that makes things exciting. When we as fans can't predict what's going to happen, now we want to watch to see which way things will go. And quite frankly, I think it's exciting. I think Impact Wrestling has had a product that, in the words of their pay-per-view this weekend, has been hard to kill. They have found a home for a lot of amazing people and quite frankly, a working relationship between Impact and WWE is not a bad thing. Quite frankly, I'd like to see which current WWE superstars might make their way over to Impact as a forbidden door exchange perhaps. So many opportunities are available and someone has mentioned, I don't know who, but I can't remember where I saw it, what about the current Impact World Champion, Moose, showing up in the Men's Royal Rumble. Now, this would make sense for a lot of reasons. If you remember, a few months back when Moose won the Impact World Championship, the first thing he did was make a dig at all of the current world champions, including the head of the table, Roman Reigns. Think about this. What if Moose enters the Royal Rumble for an opportunity to face Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or Seth Rollins or Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Because what's more historic than someone from another company being at the Royal Rumble? Someone from another company being at WrestleMania. 
It could happen. I'm telling you, there are a lot of challenges that WWE has in terms of making sure these places are filled. And they have to fill, of course, Dallas and AT&T Stadium, not one night, but two. And some people might buy for two nights. Some might buy only for one. Either way, I think we're looking at something that is historic in nature. And you got to get 100,000 people in there. And if you remember the last time they got 100,000 people in AT&T Stadium, part of the challenge was there were folks who were hit with injuries. They didn't get to quite have the WrestleMania that they wanted. Now it's over two days. I think we get the opportunity for something very, very special. So shout out to WWE for what they've done in this regard because it's pretty significant to say the least. Now, WWE's done a couple of other things that, aren't so great. We'll talk about those when we return. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I got to plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win. All right, one of the other things that's not so great about what WWE has also done has been the very simple destruction of what was NXT. We can go back to last Tuesday and New Year's Evil when we kind of started seeing the building blocks go away. First and foremost, the Cruiserweight Championship and the NXT North American Championship were merged in a match that saw Carmelo Hayes defeat Roderick Strong to unify those titles, marking the end of what we know as the Cruiserweight Championship. 
Then later that night, the NXT Championship would see Braun Breaker defeat Tommaso Ciampa to become the NXT Champion. The next day, what would follow would be the releasing of major NXT talents behind the scenes, which would include Brian James, a.k.a. The Road Dog, Scott Armstrong, as well as William Regal, who has been a longtime proponent of NXT, longtime talent scout, etc., etc. Of course, the GM of NXT until we went to NXT 2.0. And then Samoa Joe, the only three-time NXT champion in history. So what does all of this mean? Well, I think it's pretty clear. And I think it's part of what made New Year's evil and really... NXT 2.0 difficult to watch. It's very clear that WWE wants to scale NXT 2.0 into a completely different animal. They don't want any remnants of the NXT black and gold era. And so every remnant of it is being taken away. We've seen people like Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Kyle O'Reilly basically voluntarily leave NXT. We've seen now, of course, all of the championships move into the hands of folks who are in this 2.0 era. So it kind of made it hard to watch, like to watch with the anticipation of a great contest because you kind of knew the way that NXT is scaling, Roderick Strong's not going to win. The way it's scaling, Tommaso Ciampa is not going to win. Because both of them represent the black and gold era, the Triple H era of NXT. The era that many fans loved, but the era that doesn't suit what Vince McMahon and Nick Khan want to be able to accomplish. So what does this mean? Well, I think perhaps for NXT 2.0, we could end up in a situation where three, four, five months down the road, it might get really competitive where we could actually enjoy it because all of the remnants of the black and gold brand will be gone. And now we can see if this 2.0 experiment will really, really work because there'll be new stars and literally no memory of black and gold. With that said, I think it's a sad, sad day that literally the WWE can deconstruct in three to four months what it took 10 years to build. I don't know what happens from here, but I think it's a, a pretty unfortunate situation. Now, I will say this, your William Regal, Samoa Joes, those other folks, they will find somewhere to land if wrestling is still what they want to do. William Regal's mind, I think, is super necessary. His eye for talent is incredible. Of course, one would think that he could belong in AEW, and I think AEW could obviously benefit from him. But there's a part of me that's starting to want to spread the wealth right now. If you put all of the former talent of WWE into AEW, then what builds the rest of pro wrestling? I think you've got a lot of other great pro wrestling options out there, including Impact, including New Japan. And then there's the Ring of Honor factor, right? Ring of Honor, of course, had their final battle in December. Many thought that this would mark the end of Ring of Honor. Though Ring of Honor has said they're going to reimagine their product, bring it back in April for their Supercard of Honor. Well, believe it or not, the Supercard of Honor tickets are on sale right now. Yeah, 
Ring of Honor really is doing a hiatus and not fully leaving. Couple that with the fact that the Ring of Honor World Championship was defended this weekend at Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill pay-per-view. So now we've got to wonder, what does Ring of Honor actually mean now? Who are they? Will they look for a TV deal or will they just be kind of like PWG or GCW, these spaces that just offers great independent wrestling sans a TV deal? Do they need a TV deal? Are they going to be that type of episodic show anymore? I don't know, but it seems as though Ring of Honor may not be gone. They may really be doing a revamp. And if you're doing a revamp with all of this amazing talent out there, why not employ a William Regal? Why not employ a former world champion like Samoa Joe? Makes sense to me. Oh, and by the way, speaking of the Ring of Honor world champion, Jonathan Gresham, he's getting ready to launch his own promotion. It's called Terminus, and it debuts this Sunday in Atlanta, and it's going to be a huge, huge card. In fact, this is going to be a pretty big wrestling weekend, okay? This weekend is going to feature two huge cards. One of them involves Zicky Dice, who is a member of Impact Wrestling, former NWA TV champion, and a member of the SHW Southern Honor Wrestling roster. He is putting on his Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise show that's happening in the home of SHW at the Action Building Saturday night. Some pretty incredible matches and representation from Impact, AEW, Ring of Honor, and more will be there. It should be great, including Thunder Rosa versus Taya Valkyrie. Sign me up. That's going to be an incredible night. Evil Uno from the Dark Order takes on Zicky Dice. Several other great matches. Rich Swan is in the house, and a number of other incredible talent will be there. And then Sunday night, Terminus is going down, and it's going to be absolutely nuts. That is also here in Atlanta. Uh, several folks will be a part of this, including the Impact World Champion Moose. He'll be in the house. Jordan Grace versus Kiara Hogan. Jay Lethal and Lee Moriarty. It's going to be crazy. Josh Alexander against Jonathan Gresham. This is going to be nuts. And it's going to be available, of course. That's going to be available on Fight TV. Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise will be available on Twitch. There's a lot of wrestling happening, not just here in Atlanta, but in the world in general. But what's happening here in Atlanta is certainly impacting the nation and the world. And it's super exciting to see. So if you're going to be in Atlanta this weekend, two huge shows for you to check out. Now, Terminus has already sold out. So right now, the only place you'll be able to see it is on Fight TV. I'll be actually at the Terminus event, so we'll be getting you some information about that. Zicky Dice's Outlandish Paradise. I do believe there's a few tickets left for that, so check that out. If you can't make it to Atlanta for that, you can check it out on Twitch. Needless to say, a whole lot is going on in the world of pro wrestling. So with that said... Tell us what you want us to talk about because we've got a lot of things that we're cooking up. In fact, I want to put this out and we may do a more formal post about it. We've got some interesting things that we're lining up. I'd like to know what some of your questions are that you'd like for us specifically to address because that's coming really, really soon. And it'll be interesting to hear what you have to say. So hit us up on the socials at The Faction Show. Let us know some things that you want us to discuss past, present or future. 
and we'll get into it for sure. All right, guys, until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is GB Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. <laughs>